Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is my dear friend, Echo Sarah. Uh, For those of you playing along at home, today we are playing a game in which we will try to insert the word echo into as many absurd circumstances as possible, because at the moment it's making Sarah echo, I mean laugh. (laughs) It's it's making me laugh in the way that, yeah, um, you know when your your annoying little brother never finds something that really annoys you? (laughs) Neither of my brothers were annoying, ever. I have no idea what you're echoing about. Hello, everybody. It's been so much racing, and I'm still smiling from Flesh Wallon. Oh, mm. Dan. Did I tell you I went to Flesh Wallon? Really? You were there? That's interesting. I know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool to maybe see you on TV so that you could prove it. <laughs> I was at Flesh Wallon. And no, and you know what? They had this big race on Wednesday, and you'd expect them all to kind of go home and get 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 you know have a have some drunk. break. La 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 la. Get drunk, yes, yes. Get drunk. I'd want to get drunk if I just ridden the murder queen. Fucking hell. Um, but they did. I'd want to get drunk before I rode it. To be honest. <laughs> oh, would you ride it drunk? Oh, I'd totally ride it drunk. I'm great when I'm riding drunk. I'm. So not. Don't ride drunk, people. That's dangerous and foolish. Don't ever do say, that. I was going to say. I was going to say. I did go. I would totally phase. downhill it drunk for sure. I would. I did go through a phase of riding a certain notorious roundabout in Bristol drunk a couple of times. And each time <laughs> I was like, Jesus, never again. What am I doing? You know, like when you're thinking actually at the time, this is great. This is really good fun. And the other half of your mind's going, No. Uh, yeah, at the time, you're like, wow, my balance is really good for a drunk person. And then you see the video and you're swerving across eight lanes of traffic. And Yeah, yeah, right. yeah you know those evenings where luckily there's not much traffic on the road? <laughs> no, I don't. I've never had one of those evenings. I have no idea to what you're referring. <laughs> so anyway, so you'd ride the more drunk. Interesting. Ah. With the, with the pretty sure, sausages. Pretty sure that's the only way you could get me to ride the more. Oh, I see. Okay, right. Well, yeah, okay. Well, one day we'll have to go to Belgium, Dan, and, you know, I'll see if I can see see what the insert amount of beer, X amount of beer here. It's, Here's a bicycle. It's one of the, it's one of the few um, research proposals I've heard in the last week that I'm genuinely interested in. <laughs> so you're willing to fly me to Belgium, ply me with alcohol, give me a bike and say, do something foolish. I think I think this requires multiple attempts just for it's for science for the sake okay. of science to science okay to science yes and what did the women do this weekend they rode well it's supposed to be sprint weekend yeah mm. so you have this week traditionally a sprint weekend and you generally have the omelette van borsolet on saturday and the gp stav rosalare on sunday which is cobbly um, however, Stad Rosalare, like so many races on the women's ca- calendar, has been cancelled. It appears that this year it was written in invisible ink. It was one of those races that turned up on the UC calendar, UCI calendar at the start of the year. I hope I remember to book to save the UCI calendar at the start of the year so I can do a compare and contrast to the end. But luckily, Dwar's daughter Westhook, Westhook, um has moved from June to take the Sunday place. So we had a weekend of racing and it's great racing. 
well, mm, I mean, Borsolet, on the one hand, it's one of my favourite races of the year, but on the other hand, it's really fucking irritating because every year there's a gigantic crash on a particular left-hand turn and half a peloton go down and it's just, yeah. Uh, no more crashes, please. Um, but Omelette van Borsolet, it's in Zeeland, yeah? Yes. Which is uh, flat, very, very, mm. very flat. Possibly below sea level. Parts of it are, I believe, as in all of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's in Zealand, and the wind rushes off the North Sea in furious gusts and gales and... Mm. and, and Anytime you see one of those hilarious YouTube videos in which people are literally being blown sideways off their bikes, uh, it's likely to have come from this part of the world. Yeah, and yeah. And but it's this weekend of racing. They have a three-stage junior girls race. Hurrah! They have a junior boys race and an under twenty-three men's race. I am interested, as a side note, in why I say junior girls, junior boys, but under twenty-three are men. Hmm. Uh, well, I would assume that once you're old enough to vote, kill for your country, and drink, you probably are a man. Hmm. I wonder if it. Anyway. No, please yes. let's let's welcome to another edition of deeply involved sexual politics. My name is Dan, and with me, as always, is the gender neutral Sarah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Let's enter into another edition of Sarah and Dan have a pointless argument." <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be able to tell which show was which if we use that title. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> God, um, so <laughs> so, and it's a lap. It's a, I mean, it's a the Omnic van Borselay elite women's race is a lap race, and so the again, like with Energy Water, the junior women get to ride the same, the exact same roads as the elite women, and that's you know just oh dear Netherlands racing. No wonder you dominate the world stage. You're brilliant. Um, you and Italian racing, I love you both. So yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so, Omelette van Borsele. Now, mm. the it has been won, I think it's three times by Mariana Vos, and then Kirsten Wilds took over and won three or four times. And last year, Ellen van Dyke won um, in a surprise move because this has looked like Kirsten's race for years and years and years. But Ellen didn't start because she wasn't feeling well. And then Kirsten got taken down in a crash on this evil corner from hell. Oh, fuck. You know, uh, I don't think she's too badly hurt. I think she was just, I don't even, you know, she was just like crashy. And then because there are so many crashes, it's hard to chase on. Mm -hmm. As Vera Kuaduda found out to her cost. Who, who was that again? Vera Kuaduda. Awesome. Her name in Dutch, dear people who don't know this, is Cow Killer. <laughs> Kowaluda. So, so the butcher of Zeeland, yeah. The butcher of Zeeland. So Vera had been um, Vera had been caught up in this first crash. Got back on road, road, road. Then there's another crash in front of her, and it slows her down. And then she just shoots through, hits the lead group, and goes out the other side. And it's one of those things where they have a lead group that starts off as 18. And, oh, my God, it's attritional because, you know, front wins, back wins, side wins, echelons, attacks, exhaustion, road furniture stuff. 
you know, um, people are jumping off the front just as people are trying to chase on. Oh shit! You've blinked. You've 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 eaten your you've eaten your food at the wrong point. Mm. They're up the road. Fuck! <laughs> now you're just chasing story, in the wind. Story of my life. <laughs> oh, mm. oh! Mm. You blink and miss it. <laughs> oh, I was oh. thinking eat food at the wrong time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you were making some deeply involved metaphor about all the missed chances in your life. <laughs> oh, that's for someone far more introspective and reflective than I. Or maybe you were making an analogy for your romance advice column. It's possible that that was what was happening. Uh, someone actually challenged me on this the other day. Were like, you're handing out dating advice? Which, you know, for a start, fuck you very much. That's rude. Um... <laughs> But but secondly, as I have said before, and I said to this person, well, you know, I believe that I have had more than enough failed relationships to be able to offer expert-level advice. Was it a male or female person? Um, it may have been one of those, yes. Well, if it was a female person, maybe maybe it was like a hint that you should ask them on a date. Ask <laughs> her on a date. <laughs> Well, why does that have to be restricted to, to just women? Why wouldn't men want oh, to date true. me too? That's, well, that's, no, that's you know... I was, just thinking of, I was just thinking of the gender you'd most like to be asked on a date by, not the gender that would ask you to date by. I'm sure you're equally attractive and dateable to both men and women. I do not share your optimism in that regard regarding either gender, but I appreciate your show of support. Echo. Oh. I, was, I wasn't saying they actually would find you dateable, Dan. I was saying they'd find you equally. <laughs> oh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, maybe, 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 the answer, maybe the answer the person was hoping for would, was, um, you know, you're, you're handing out relation advice. And the answer was, yes, come on a date with me and you'll see why. I'm very good at this. And this is why I don't allow you to manage my conversations. So, anyway, moving right along. Uh, yes, uh, Heather Nielsen and myself are continuing with uh, what we thought was a very successful first round of answering your love, relationship, dating, racing questions. Um, so, if you if you do need uh, some advice in the areas between the saddle and uh, the the stem then we're here to help you. And, um, yeah. Dear everyone, please go to our site, prowomenscycling.com, and just make up questions, because I thought it was hilarious. Dan and Heather have brilliant answers. And I want to read some more, goddammit. So, as a favour for me, please um, ask a question. Just make one up. Yes, please don't force it's Sarah perfect. to go create a whole shit ton of fake email accounts to ask for, air quote, friends. <laughs> Anyway, that was a commercial break brought to you on behalf of Dan and Heather's relationship advice column. <laughs> Back to the race. So, there was this group of 18 and it had people like Elisa Longo-Borghini, Luz Hanawike, um, Chloe Hosking, Nina Kessler, lots and lots of good, big, strong riders, people like Lucinda Brand. But then, Vera Coaduda, having had all these dramas and apparently riding with a um riding with a broken chainstay and a slightly bent back wheel she tweeted afterwards um 
Is chainstay the right word? That is uh, part of a bicycle, yes. So <laughs> without help. knowing without knowing which bit was actually broken, it's entirely plausible that that was indeed the bit that was broken. <laughs> Have I just given away my... Level of technical knowledge of of bikes. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know about giving away, but I think you've certainly verified previous statements to the effect of "I know fucking nothing about bikes." <laughs> just just for just for the sake of future clarity, the round bits with rubbery edges are tires. <laughs> I've really got to admit that if I was when I'm out on my bike and I get a puncture. <laughs> I do have a very specific technique for getting it fixed. Oh, please, God, don't tell me that you just show a little leg and wait for a guy to come along. No, no, I don't even go that far. I just stand around and look at pathetic and wait for <laughs> come by. <laughs> but, but I have, to be fair, when I've seen boys standing by the bike path looking pathetic, I have said, hey, I've got a spare inner tube and a tire is my inner tube any good for your bike and they look at me like you stupid fucking moron look at the difference between your wheel size and my wheel size (laughs) (laughs) so 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 your defense your defense against being um somewhat helpless when dealing with your own mechanical failures is that you're insulting and annoying when dealing with other people's (laughs) mechanical failures I am rubbish, and I'm imagining if Sword Panda is listening, um, <laughs> a properly certified bike mechanic. I'm imagining face palming. <laughs> well, in the same way, in the same way that I've negotiated to to get um, as many um, free sword fighting lessons from Sword Panda as my my um, blood levels will allow. Um, <laughs> maybe you could negotiate for um, a basic you know, identify which bit of the bike is which course yeah, or something which like that. Goes round and which bits you pedal on I'm, and go Honestly, I would have believed you last week, but now I'm not so sure. <laughs> anyway, back to the race. So. <laughs> Vera Kuruda and Luce Hunnawake attack out of this small group. And... Th- Vera with a part of her bike. <laughs> Just stick with and stick loose. with chainstay. Everyone thinks it's the chainstay anyway, so uh, they they race and Vera wins and oh, it's great. Vera um, is riding for Sengas this year. She's um, a bit of a veteran of the peloton. Um, last year she was focusing on the uh, Olympics on the track for the Netherlands. So yay, Vera, good race. Um, she beat Luce in a two-up sprint, and actually I'd have been really happy for both of them to win. I wish they could have shared the win because they were fantastic. Uh, behind them, 27 seconds later, was Lucinda Brand, and Chloe Hosking came in fourth with 53 seconds but Chloe. <laughs> Chloe Chloe oh she's really nice in real life um she landed in uh, Sydney yesterday so she's back oh, I she's did... back in Australia well um, you know but who knows I mean technically she could still be in the Chinese embassy which means she's technically in China so yeah Chloe um I think I've mentioned this before but because of the Chongming Island World Cup is in China um on the Yangtze River on I think it's the 17th of May something like that but riders have to go to their home country to apply for a visa to get in and it's not necessarily the fastest process in the world so so that's why you'll find a load of riders of um a load of Aussie riders but back 
To be fair, the... China does have a population of nearing 2 billion people and they need to find jobs for them. So, you know, it's, it's a, a benefit to the Chinese economy, I'm sure. Yes. Mm. The race is great, actually. It's really good fun. And this is going to be Chloe's, I think it's her fifth time riding it. It was um, her first big win. Her, I think in her, first, in her first season, she won the Chongming Island stage race. And she was saying um, in an interview I did with her, <laughs> I'm so wonky. Um, she was saying that she... Um, that she uh... Yes, I met this writer and talked to her. So let's call it an interview. No, <laughs> It, it was. I'm sorry. That's mean. Uh, Sarah's got a bunch of interviews with um, with high tech writers from her time with the team last week, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the first yep. couple that she's posted, um, yeah, but, fucking awesome. Yeah, but thank you. Um, yeah, Chongming Island is a really small island. Yeah, and the stage race. So they have a three stage stage race, and uh, then the World Cup with mm. a day of break in between. And I think they pretty much ride down every road on the island um, in order to get interesting in different courses. So Chloe says by this point, having having gone there, I think it's four years now, um, she, she's pretty familiar with the roads. <laughs> so, so when she says she knows these streets like the back of her hand, she actually means that because there are two streets and she has two hands. So, well, yeah and, yeah, and the streets also tend to be um, very long. It's a grid, you know, in a grid layout. <laughs> Very long and, and mm, very mm. flat. <laughs> Which actually leads us to the question of why the fuck doesn't Manhattan put on a pro women's bike race? New York, oh. New York, get the fuck on that seriously. No, you know, you know where I'd send a Manhattan bike race all the way around the island. Yeah. Oh, but that's what's the what's the that would be awesome. The... Or or I would also accept a cross race through Central Park. I would also oh. I would also accept oh, a race. I would accept a race that um, started and finished in Times Square and combined Broadway and Fifth Avenue. Uh, oh, but- New York, you have heard my terms. Please, please see for it to oh. um, adhere to them. You will not want to see what happens if you don't. New York City World Cup. Wouldn't that oh, be cool? Yeah. That would be cool. And they could actually, they could actually do some climbing as well because there are some, there are some steep little, little hills up. To well, the, um, and they've got tunnels and shit, so you can go, Manhattan. you can go down in the tunnel and then come back up out the other side and oh, shit like no, that. No, over bridges. Oh yeah, they've over, got bridges. Yep, yep. They've got lots of bridges. Oh my god, Dan. Honestly, Dan. honestly, I would just want to if I was organising the New York World Cup, um, which I should be. So New York, call me. Um, I would also include the New York bike courier crit. <laughs> and it'd just be all these tattooed, weird, piercing freaks on their fixies with huge chains, just, you know, basically reenacting the movie The Warriors from the 70s. Be awesome. God, awesome. New York City World Cup. I'm telling you, I know it sounds like I'm a really arrogant and annoying bastard, but I can make any bike race better. Just ask oh, me. you can, you can. I'm sure you can. Mm. Anyway, Chloe Hosking, yes, so. um, is now leading the Top Competiti, uh, which is the Dutch series of. Um, so, so uh, Borsalay is part of the Top Competiti. It's. Uh, I probably said that wrong. I apologise, Dutch speakers. Um, Chloe's now leading it, and Elisa Longo Borghini is in second. Is 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 leading the best young rider competition. So yeah. That's, so in um, other words, fun. it's a really shit time to be on Team High Tech. Why? 
Because they're leading things. Oh, don't don't tell me you're broken to the point that you're not getting sarcasm anymore. Oh, sorry. I am a bit broken today. It's true, for which I apologise profusely. Um, while we're on the subject of Chloe Hosking, I forgot to mention this last week. But in the interview, which I shall publish probably next week or the week after on podiumcafe.com, um, which you can find most easily on the women's section, but you know it'll be on the front page and stuff, um, I interviewed Chloe and I asked her why, as a media and PR student, she doesn't have a website of her own. And she said, ah... That's all my dad's fault, um, because her dad apparently um, bought her ChloeHosking.com uh, a while back and hasn't yeah. renewed the payments, and she can't get it, and she doesn't know how to make a website. See, so, I don't believe this shit for a second. That's just, I'm calling bullshit on you, Hosking. I'm calling bullshit, and I'm willing to settle this with an arm wrestle anytime. Um, because what that sounds to me like is quite a savvy media and PR student going... Hmm, internet. You can't really control what's going on out there. People can say all sorts of fucked up shit. I'm staying out of it. That's what that's what that is. Oh, well no, because she did say, because I said, well maybe we could ask in the interview if anyone out there knows how to make a website if they'd like to help Hang on, hang on. Chloe Hosking. You're trying to tell me that you thought it'd be a good idea to ask a bunch of nerds who tool around on the internet with nothing better to do with their time than listen to cycling-related podcasts and read cycling-related interviews if they knew how to build a website. Yeah. Echo. <laughs> I think there's maybe the chance that someone might listen or read it and go, yeah, I can make a website for Chloe. If you can make a website for Chloe, uh, you should contact her. Um, I was going to say via her website, but she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think I think we actually need to simplify this a little bit and take it back one step. If you're listening and you know Chloe's dad, can you just get the fucking password to the domain registration or whatever? Because apparently he's still got that tied up. So, you know... Maybe maybe hold a bake sale or something to fundraise so that he can re- renew the domain for her. Something. Anything like that. Okay. Apparently, Chloe's <laughs> having a hard time talking to her father. So let's reunite this father-daughter and um, and heal this familial rift with, you know, the, the re-renewal of a domain name. <laughs> or you could tweet Chloe on Chloe underscore Hosking. Um... People, remember there's no S on Chloe Hosking. It, it, it comes up quite a lot, but yes, Chloe underscore Hosking. And say, hey, Chloe, I heard you on Dan and Sarah's podcast, but you're in need of help. Um, can I build you a website? She'll <laughs> be... Try not to be too freaked out when she's like, who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you talking about? Who the fuck is Dan? Who the fuck is Sarah? Um, oh, that's true. She won't actually know. Pigeons. Yeah, Pigeons yeah. sent me. She'll be, she'll be scared by the whole thing, so don't let that deter you. Um, stalk away. No, wait, hang on, fuck. Uh, or, <laughs> Should or we you, get onto the racing? Should you, we get onto the racing? You could just cause... build her a website or something. Yeah, I think because I'm belaboring the point that this is like a hilariously, awesomely, wonderfully bad idea that's just going to go horribly, horribly wrong. And I hope Oh, this... come on, we could really. She could end up with like the best cyclist website and she could like win prizes for like having the best, cy- best website out there, all because we put her in touch with some great person on the internet. It would be brilliant. Yes, anyway, and that's Borsale. exactly what will happen. So yes. <laughs> so Borsale, um there was also a um, 
there was also a time trial at Borsalais and a um, and the junior state girls stage race. And the stage race starts with a time trial. And I've got to admit that I am a little bit biased about this race because for the past three years, it's been won by Brits. And, you know, um, last year it was won by Eleanor Barker, who went on to be the junior ITT world champion. The year before it was won by Hannah Barnes. And in 2010, it was won by Laura Trott, who I hope you know, is the multiple world and Olympic Omnium and Team Pursuit champion and currently rides for Wiggle Honda. Um, So they, yes, they had been winning. And because it starts with a time trial, it's a good place to spot who might do well in the time trials this year. Okay. (laughs) I'm just talking crap. So who did well in the time trial? It was won by Nikki Zylard. I've she, mentioned Nikki Zylard before. From memory, correct me if I'm wrong, though, she's not a Brit. She's not a Brit! It was won by a Dutch... She's very Dutch. She comes from... She's looking like... I mean, the Zylard family is already pretty well represented in the halls of cycling fame because her grandfather, Jupe Zylard, Jupe Zylard, was a very, very, very famous derny bike racer for years. And Nikki's dad is a journey bike racer too. Nikki's uncle Michael was um, the DS for Ah uh-uh Drink and Ah uh-uh Drink Leontian NL, um, and that is because Michael Zylard was is married to Leontine Van Morsel, who, if you look at Mariana Voss, Mariana Voss is pretty much the new Leontine, um, hopefully without the eating disorders and such. Um, <laughs> I, well, I agree oh, with you. It's just that was a, a rather interesting and hilarious aside. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Broken Sarah. No, no, no. Um, yeah. It's it's fine. We here at uh, the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show are definitely anti-eating disorders. We are. Mm, definitely. Okay. Categorically, unequivocally, absolutely. Okay. So... Uh, Nikki won the first the first stage, and then young Belgian Lottie Kopecky, uh, you should who's really really going to be a young talent to look out for too, uh, won the second two stages. And on the results, you might see Lottie Lopecky. It's not. It's Lottie Kopecky. I am right in this. I am right. God damn it! <laughs> but even her bonifica- intermediate bonifications could not take the win away from Nikki. Congratulations, Nikki. Um, maybe this means you're going to be a world champion too. I don't think it needs this race to tell us that but yes congratulations watch out for Nikki Zylard in the um European and World Junior Championships later on in the year cool ah so yeah so Borsale we had crack thrills spills and broken bits of bikes yes yes indeed and some of them may or may not have been real so you know (laughs) even even better some of them I may have been able to point at I'm pretty sure that thing over there with two round bits and and some squeezy things with the things that go around that your feet are on might be a bike. (laughs) I'm slightly better than that. (laughs) Uh, Proof. I demand proof. (laughs) I really really want to make a video now of Sarah attempts to identify bikes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just you know like like re redo your photo shoot with Hannah from um earlier in the year like take you to the zoo and just have you pointing at giraffes that's a bike <laughs> polar bears hey. that's a bike <laughs> I 
know. I know what makes a cross bike. Standing, different. standing, <laughs> standing next to a bike and pointing at a pigeon. That's a bike. <laughs> I know the difference between a cross bike and a road bike. I'll have you know. Which is. <laughs> A road bike has dropped handlebars and a cross bike doesn't. And and there's more room for the tyres on a cross bike. There's a bigger measurements of some sort. One of those things was almost true. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll leave it to our listeners to let you know in the comments which bits were and weren't accurate. <laughs> and the tyres are very different and they have different wheels. Oh, God. <laughs> and the brakes are different, too. This, this reminds uh, me of the episode of The Simpsons from years ago when Homer <laughs> meets his estranged brother who owns the car company and lets Homer design a car. <laughs> anyway, on the Sunday, it was the dwarves' daughter, Westbrook. Um... <laughs> And this is a race with lots of climbs and stuff, but unfortunately the climbs are all early in the race. So, you know, basically the climbs are just to shell off a load of riders so that they can bunch sprint together. Right. Although Rabobank, so Rabobank had Lucinda Brand in third on um, at, at Borsolet, and they wanted more than that. So you had Megan Garnier attack on the final little small lap and, you know, nearly, and get caught within four kilometres and then you had Paulina Ferrand Prevot deciding to try and stop it being a bunch sprint and attacking, but getting caught um, mm. by Yolian de Hoare of Lotto and Martina Brass of Bowles Dolbans. Um, Yolian's a, 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 a trackie normally, um, out sprinted Brass, Paulina Ferrand Prevot in the third. But I am super, super happy to see Martina Brass on the podium because. She's a fantastic rider. She's really had a shit year, a really shit year. She was aiming for the Olympics and the Worlds um, and until a hideous accident uh, just took that away from her last year. You know, she didn't mm. even get the chance to, you know, to, to be in the team. So, um, and then she had another accident this spring and it's been all crap so far. You know, she, she landed on her face um, on a road, which is never nice. So, yes, hurrah, hurrah, Martina Brass. Hurrah, 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 hurrah. Awesome. Uh, now, that's not just the only road racing because we also had Sea Otter Classic in the USA. Well, that's I was just about to lead in with. Meanwhile, oh, on another continent. <laughs> they were riding on different kinds of bikes. <laughs> well, how would you know? <laughs> hey, I know and, that mountain and bikes isn't have it, isn't it somewhat, you know, prejudiced to assume that just because they're in the US they're racing on different bikes? <laughs> Sarah thinks They're Americans have to bike. ride different bikes. Left hand turns, Dad. They're racing different bikes because the Sea Otter Classic is a massive, 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 massive Californian festival of cycling and sea otters. Um, they have a four-stage road race for men and women, but they also have every kind of mountain biking you can possibly imagine. And it's amazing. And the atmosphere must be fantastic. And this little known rider, Mariana Voss, 
got on a plane after winning Flesh Will On and went over to Sea Otter. Apparently, it was super lovely. Um, people are saying, yeah, a group of junior girl riders went to chat with her um, and asked for her autograph. So she went on a ride with them. <laughs> 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 and was generally lovely and adorable. Well, the road race. First of all, the road race. Jade Wilcoxon of um, <sighs> I can't say this in one in one go. <sighs> Optum, presented by Kelly Benefit Strategies. Um, you know how they uh, abbreviate PB. I'm sure I've told you this before, but I it, it happens to me every time, and so we all have to share in 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 this. You know how they abbreviate it P slash B. Every yeah. time I see it written like that, I think peanut butter. I can't help it. To me, that team will always and forever be Optum Peanut Butter something, something, something Peanut Butter. Oh, but that's really annoying because I'm going to come on to talk about Exegy 2016, which is written Exegy, capital 20, number 16. Um, But that used to be Peanut Butter & Co. 2012, and I miss the days when it was sponsored by Mm. Peanut Butter & Co. I miss Peanut Butter & Co. We should get that here in Australia. We don't have that. They put weird shit in their peanut butter. It sounds awesome. What do they put in it? Um, peanut. The, like cinnamon and and raisins and Ooh. maple syrup. and Really? And the one that you would love, chocolate. In all different uh, kinds. All different kinds of chocolate in their peanut butter. Do they butter. do swirls? Yeah. So, mm. yeah. Probably quite lucky they don't do that over here. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I feel I feel more research in this area needs to be done. Once we're so, done, once we're done with the uh, the murder hui um, drinking project, we should probably embark on a speculus, speculars, and peanut butter research project. Oh no 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 no! We should get the um, Manhattan World Cup sponsored by Peanut Butter and Company, and we can combine our trip to the inaugural um, New York City World Cup with some serious peanut butter research. That's a good point. That's a good point. We can actually conduct a VIP peanut butter taste testing um, and invent new peanut butter flavors in the VIP tent while... Dan. Seriously, I should be in charge of this event. It just it has Dan, to happen. Dan, only you are going to want whiskey-flavored peanut butter. I doubt that very much. And, and beer-flavored peanut butter. Oh, and bacon-flavored peanut butter. Beer-flavored peanut butter, not so much. Bacon-flavored peanut butter is actually already a thing. Um, no. Yes. Yes, really? you, can, you can actually get oh. bacon-flavored toothpaste and dental floss. Just saying. No. Just saying. It's a thing. You can actually do oh. that. Oh, yeah. Oh, horrid. Anyway, Seattle Classic. <laughs> from from one from Bell. one greasy slick animal to another. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know any sea otters personally. I I have nothing against oh, them. Oh, so. I thought you were talking about the American cyclists. I was I was I was shocked at your at your at your meanness. What? Um, I love Americans. Have... They're awesome. So um, Jade Wilcoxon of Optum Kelly Benefits. That's how I'm going to say the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, was leading. Um, she leading for the first three stages, but then on the final stage, Exegy rode a really, really clever race, and there, Jackie Crowell won the stage and won the overall race. And there's a there's a tweet from Jade afterwards saying, well played, well played, Exegy, and Jackie, well played. I'll see you again, or something like that. And it was great. It was really, it looked great. Cool. But in the mountain biking, so Ms. Voss gets off the plane and someone suggests to her, hey, I know you're here to ride the mountain bike cross-country race, but would you like to ride the short track too? And I think she pretty much goes, oh, short track. I haven't thought about that. 
Yeah, why not? Cool, cool. It makes perfect sense. I mean, as Sarah amply demonstrated last week, um, even a one-hour time difference can induce painful, excruciating, and debilitating jet lag. So um, going from, uh, you know, Belgium all the way to the west coast of the US, um, Mariana was clearly, you know, in the prime, ready to race more races. Well, she was because she won. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's going short track. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing about the cross country is Mariana's been riding some early season cross country. The mountain bike season hasn't kicked off, really, you know, it hasn't really kicked off. And this was going to be the first race of the year for quite a lot of the riders. Um, and when Mariana's been racing a couple to kind of get her hands in because she needed to get enough points so that she could enter some World Cup races later on in the season because it's Mariana, um, and so she's won a lot of things already. So, yeah, Mariana, short track, it's more like cyclocross, you know. Um, Mariana's, like, multiple cyclocross world champions. She won it. How would she turn up on the cross-country race where she'd be facing off Georgia Gould, who she knows from... Um, Cyclocross from Cyclocross mm. and former world champion Catherine Pendrell. Mm-hmm. How do you think she did? Um, well, given the jet lag and given how how brutally destroyed you were with a one hour time difference, I'm guessing she didn't even start the race. No, she won. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, hang on. So what you're saying is that the headline should actually be breaking news: Mariana Voss wins bike race. Yes. Okay. But it is a surprise because we didn't know, and you know, I mean, it doesn't. We don't. I mean, we don't know. What, we don't know what this expe- is, is. What this will lead to later in the season, because um, world and Olympic champion Julie Bresset is out with a collarbone injury, mm. and Kat, this was Catherine Pendrell and Georgia Gould and all the all those riders' first race back of the season. But still, bloody hell, Mariana. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but as you say, I mean, it is really interesting. And there's going to be, oh, man, I can't wait for all the sorts of weird, you know, sort of cross-disciplinary training strategies that come out of this, you know. Are we going to start suddenly seeing men racing mountain bike in the off-season to to try and beef up their road credentials or, well, or whatever? Well, given Mariana's rating, racing it in the road season, I mean, it's not a surprise, people, because Voss... Um, has she she rode and won a lot of mountain bike when she was a junior. She only stopped riding it because she couldn't fit it in around the track and the cross and the road. But she's her favourite discipline and the one she's been most successful in on world stage has been uh, has been cro- cyclocross. So it's not really it's not a surprise. It's not really a surprise that she's good. But who knows mm. who knows this is going to be fun to watch but people. it will it will be interesting anyway and what i'm actually hopeful for is that it will have the same sort of effect um mountain biking as it has on the road and cyclocross in that it's increased the competitiveness and the the level to which uh the women are, are performing against each other and you know, ultimately, I mean, we all know. I was actually, <laughs> I, I'm calling this episode digressions, by the way, because that's all this show is—is <laughs> is digressions. I was actually yeah, really, really, really pissed off with um, a local TV show during the week, um, which I won't name, uh, because in their brief discussion of women's cycling and the fleshful-on results, they posed the question: Can anyone beat Mariana Voss? And basically collectively agreed that pretty much everyone else must just decide to race for second. And I reached out with my metaphorical arms and just 
strangled them all using my my evil dark side of the force Darth Vader powers. Um, <laughs> because that kind of shit really pisses me off. Because it's like, well, you know, Evie Stevens beat her in this exact race last year. So, you know, yeah. we know... And Isolongo Borghini beat her in um, Trofeo Freya Binder. A couple of weeks ago. So, you know, we know that she's beatable. And that's the thing. And it's actually one of the things I really like about Mariana is she will never stop trying. She will never stop racing. She will race as hard as she can always. That's just how she is. But what's happening is we're finding more and more women who are doing exactly the same thing and are competing and we are getting more and more exciting and better racing. And it's it's great. This is how a sport progresses. This is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And so I hope that that same effect comes into into mountain biking. Yeah, I mean, and riders like Elisa Longo Borghini, or you know, or, or Emma Johansson, or Ellen Van Dyke are absolutely not racing for second. Mm-hmm. You know, they know. I mean, Elisa, Elisa's uh, Elisa just. I you know when I got to hang out with them, you could see on her face she relishes that challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. she wants. You know, they were making lots of jokes about second to Voss is almost like a victory, but oh my god, she's like thinking no. about it and watching it, and how would I beat her of next course, time, and what will I do? And particularly, know, she's 21. Mm, particularly because cycling is so uh, tactical as well, you know, I mean like any yeah. sport, there's a lot of luck, and, and a lot of things have to go your way, and a lot's down to your preparation and everything being right on the day and all of that, but at the other end of it, there is a lot of tactical nows that's required in order to really excel, and there's you know, observing those things, seeing what she does, but also seeing the spots. And it's one of the things that I found really interesting with your interview with Ash Mulman, who came third, when she was saying that um, she felt like she should have actually attacked a little earlier on the Mer because she'd done that the previous time around and had got a little gap on Mariana. And, you know, even now, she's not sure that that would have been a winning tactic but that's already something that she's thinking about and trying to work out whether she wants to apply that kind of idea yeah. next time round. And yeah. and that's the thing. This is what makes for a better sport is that it is that level where we're paying close attention to each other and the the athletes are sizing each other up very carefully, very tactically, very aware, making judgments and trying things out because they know that it's achievable, it's doable. Yeah. She's not unbeatable. She's totally yeah. beatable. It's a matter of working out how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean and this is what this is why the Italians won the you know, had beat had her beaten into second place for the um you know the for the Road World Championships for mm. two thousand and ten, eleven and twelve because sorry Dot 10, 10, 11, 12, 2009, 10, and 11, because they just beat, they just, they just tacticked her to death. Mm, mm. Um, not to death, obviously, but to racing death. But, you know, and then um, Confused Spider on Podium Cafe uh, did some really great translations for us of a magazine, a Dutch magazine that had had a women's cycling edition. And one of the things he translated was the uh, an interview with Emma Pooley where they asked a question about, yeah, you know, you know, Marianne is always trying to psych you out. And she's like, hang on a minute. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. What? You mean she's trying to psych me out? And yeah, yeah, she deliberately tries to get on your, you know, tries to get under your skin. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. I am plotting revenge now. Exactly. And mm. yeah, and it's just, it's, yeah. But this all, is it. I mean, when you're, when you're a competitive person... And, I mean, the truth is that all of us, to some extent, are competitive in our own fields. 
Um, for example, Sarah and I occasionally play a game on the internet um, that implies that we might be friends and like playing with words. <laughs> and Sarah, I play this game. Sarah is absolutely evil and cruel at this game. And so, so my only goal in this game is I don't really care how many times I lose. I just want to utterly destroy her once. And you know, it's kind of like that. It's like it doesn't matter how many times Mariana wins because you'll keep you'll you'll keep competing. You will still try to win. You will find a way. And yes, so absolutely, racing to win, racing to win. Yeah. I mean, and, and Ash, I mean, the other thing I like about cyclists is that they're so, so honest about it. So Ash has said in this interview with me, and she's also got a blog on her website, um, Ashley Cycling, which you should absolutely read. Um, bec- and she was, and, and the fact that she's saying it, yeah, I made a mistake. She said, hmm. yeah, I, I, I could have gone harder on the climb, but I was worried about blowing up. However, I know that now and yep. next year. Yep, exactly. And that she knows that, you know, worrying about blowing up means that she puts herself in a position where she's in a three-up sprint when she might have been in a two-up or actually maybe even yeah. got clear. you know. And yeah. that's the thing. It's learning those lessons. It's time. It's experience. It's, it's the circumstances on the day. And it's part of what's brilliant about the sport in general, but also about this particular time in women's cycling. I, I maintain uh, that we are witnessing one of the most exciting periods of the renewal of women's cycling that may ever come to pass oh you see i think yeah i mean i i don't disagree with you but i think it's a longer i think it's a longer process than i think dan does because i think that this sort of happened with nicole cook um when nicole cook was absolutely dominant um in 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 cook era and and but there was less teamwork and less tactical work at that time i'm led to believe um and yeah, and and as a result, people started using teams more because you know it was hard to beat her one on one, but you could beat her with a team. And so you saw the rise of, you know, the, the, that year where it was all Cervelo Test Team versus HTC High Road, mm. um, with Mariana um, coming, you know, with Mariana and Emma Johansson kind of you know up there too, but it basically being you know specialised versus Cervelo in any of the team competitions. And then you saw other teams step up and become and 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 become and challenge in a team you know in a, in a team riding way and it's 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 just yeah you're right it's evolving and it's beautiful and it's exciting and it's and now that it's like women's cycling I think women's cycling knows its strength now that this is a much more attacking sport than the men's mm. you know this is much more let's use the bits to our advantages they're limited to the they're limited to the distance they can ride so they ride the fuck out of those kilometers you know none of this let's take the next one soft next 50k soft tempo boys you know it's just mm, mm. bring it yeah and it's it's very interesting because you know um when you when you get those rare occasions where you get to see the start of a men's race and there's there's a lot of that same sort of attacky fighting to establish a break and usually we don't get to see that in the coverage because you always pick up like the last you know three four hours of a stage or a race um but there's that there's that bit in the middle once the break's established and the teams are to whatever extent reasonably satisfied with it no one's strong enough to to chase it back until everyone wants to um you know, we do get that little bit, you know, just let the fish run out on the line and we'll reel it in when we're ready kind of thing. And it's not, 
it's it's a completely different dynamic where you know the women fight from the start and, and you know this was one of the really interesting things about flesh was um tatiana Kudertso's break and the time at which it came and the fact that i mean she never got much uh, i think i think she topped out at 45 seconds yeah. um you know it was never a, a large break you know, it's the kind of thing that would reduce Phil and Paul to saying, oh, they're still in sight of the peloton, and so they'll catch them in the next three seconds, because once you can see them, they just magically Doctor Who back into the peloton, suitcase something, something, I'll look a castle. Um, Lance Armstrong. What a man, what a man. Own shares in my gold mine, don't you know, back in Africa, don't you know. Oh, look, another castle. Oh, shit, someone finished a bike race. Hang on, there are women in this bike race. What's going on? Women don't ride bikes. Why are they not in dresses? Um, you know, which is why I try not to listen to their commentary, because it's a little, you know, annoying. Um, but the thing is that it came just ahead of that final climb up the Mur, And combined with, obviously, the fact that at that point we suffered a massive information dropout across the spectrum of available sources of information it left everyone a little bit uncertain as to what was going on um and it was really interesting again actually in uh, in the interviews that you've done with the the women from the race um to see that the position ironically in some ways and thankfully in most ways uh for the writers they they knew what they needed to know in that the the right teams organized and and set the right tempo and people knew that it was going to work out the way they wanted it to. Um, except for Tats. So, sorry, Tats, that's unfortunate. Your turn to get screwed over, I guess. Um, oh, well. And, um, yeah, so it, it's it's very interesting, though, seeing how all of these different things come together. And just, I don't know, I just I just really love and appreciate the, the evolving nature of, you know, team tactics versus individual tactics versus uh, different goals on a day. All of that sort of stuff. It's mm. Mm. we just love the racing. Uh, which you know, for first-time listeners to this podcast, it may have been difficult to tell. <laughs> oh, um, there was oh, I forgot to mention about Borsolet. There mm. was videos from Borsolet. Borsolet. Um, I was thinking about you because Borsolet put up homemade media. I do a lot of homemade beat media and they have a, um, a, fin- a fixed camera on the finish line that very, very soon after the race provides the finish, you know, just the finish line. Um, and they do it for the juniors race and they do it for the elite race. And it's brilliant. It's like, why all, doesn't every race do this? All I'm saying is, Borsolet, you're fucking awesome and you should be proud that you're already better than Flesh Ballon. Exactly. Um, I also like seeing Kelvin, Crazy Cycle Fans, videos from uh, his European jaunt. He was um, luckily visited by the iMovie Fairy and uh, got some edited up, and they're <laughs> lovely. Um, we'll put some links. I think he's Crazy Cycle Fan on uh, YouTube, but I could yes, be mistaken. Yes, no, he, he is. Um, I'm, I'm still coming to terms with the fact that you said he was visited by the iMovie Fairy. Which um, conjured an, a completely different and somewhat possibly Priscilla Queen of the Desert themed mental image for me. Um, uh, it's, that's what he was asking for. To be fair, he was asking for it on Twitter. So I think I'm going to stop now. Um, I'm, hello, hello, Kelvin. Hello, Tegan. Uh, we're glad you're back in Australia and posting videos, and hope you get to come to Europe very soon again. 
No, I don't hope that at all. I you want you you want you to, you want them to pay for you to go to Europe instead. I would consider that a much better prospect. I, okay. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Ash Norman's blog. Um, <laughs> that was lovely. I also this week like Shari Gillow's blog about running out of money and food on the um, on on a training ride in the in the freezing cold weather, and how she's considering upping how much money she takes out with her, packing some more food, and maybe packing some firewood <laughs> in the back of her jersey. Well, you know, it's kind of like I mean that's that's possibly borrowing a little from uh, you know horse racing where they handicap the horses by adding weights to um, <laughs> yeah yeah so you know it's it's an unorthodox method of training but I could see her out on the bike with um, panniers um, put some mud guards on because you've lost all self respect so just go the whole way um, and and loading them up with firewood and some all weather matches and you know you should be good yeah. So maybe she could take like you know one of those camping kettles and um, yeah. uh, a, a barbecue because and you know obviously being Australian and a book why not you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, she comes, if you're going to commit comes, commit she comes from the seaside in Australia she comes from the seaside in Australia so you know barbecues I think sound perfect yeah exactly so, you never um, know Shara, when you're going to run across a poisonous snake which you know there's good eating on a brown snake that's all I'm I saying. was going to say yeah there's probably slightly fewer things like freshwater cro- saltwater crocs and stuff and uh, uh, we have box jellyfish blue, blue ring octopus uh, I was going to um, say aren't blue aren't blue ring octopus delicious um i don't know i stopped listening at deadly stay away so <laughs> yeah Dan posted on twitter last week a cartoon and a song about australia and i'm still singing it so i think i'm going to put those into the links actually because um i just to try and if i pass the earworm onto you maybe it will leave me alone you should listen to this song it's great not at all addictive well the thing i love about that song in particular is that anywhere you see it posted inevitably the comments wind up being full of australians going yeah but it didn't mention this 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 or this <laughs> And you just get an increasingly long list of deadly animals that weren't included. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other blog that's been interesting this week, Daniel. The other one? um, Well, you know, this is one that I I actually found quite moving. I mean, we're we're both big fans of Marine DeVries anyway. Um, But I really found her blog this week... um, I, I thought it was especially brave um given the fact that she's a current pro rider and she was writing very honestly about her experiences on a previous team um her pro team last year which we all know anyone who looks on cq ranking can find it that we know it was our, our drink yes um and in particular the experiences that she had with her ds while on that team but it's it's a very uplifting story because as we've we've commented on a couple of times in the last few weeks, Marine's having a spectacular season. Um, yeah, she's she's racing the right races. She's doing really well in them. She's got some of her most outstanding results in her career, and yeah. um, it, it's just a really nice and exciting thing to see. So to have added to all of that excitement that that. I've held for her anyway, the more revealing side of exactly what she was up against last year and what she struggled with. Basically, she tells the story of how her DS, I'm paraphrasing, but in essence said, you're not good enough to be a pro bike racer, and if it was up to me, you wouldn't be on the team. 
yep. it's not up to me, so what I'm going to do instead is fuck you over and not send you to any of the good races. Yeah, and, and to not even have a chance. Mm. She says... Um, and so... Is, I'm so, quoting... Can I, can I, oh, yeah, I, yeah oh, please quote. Shall I quote? Yes. So she says, um, In the Sturzoitsche Islanden, a small stage race in Zeeland, just before the women's Giro, I hit rock bottom. I really wanted to do the Giro, just like most of my teammates. The final selection hadn't been made yet. We all got the chance to prove ourselves that weekend, to prove we belonged in the Giro team, the DS told us by email. A short while later, he phoned me, telling me that my teammates got the opportunity to prove themselves, but that it didn't apply to me. He wouldn't take me to the Giro anyway, he said. A slap in the face would have been less painful. I realised it didn't even matter what I did. I could finish last, or I could win the whole damn race. I could even stay at home. It wouldn't make a difference. Why the DS called me before this weekend and not after, so I could think, keep thinking I had a fair chance, is still beyond me. My morale has never been lower than during that race, crying on the bike. It was horrible. Mm. It is, and I mean, I, I really want to pay attention to and comment on the fact that we often hold up these women, uh, and they're exceptional women. They are genuine um, inspiration um, to to those of us who, who look to them. They often come from very interesting and, and sometimes quite difficult circumstances or make huge sacrifices, giving up really promising... Well, maybe not giving up careers, but putting really promising careers on hold or having achieved, you know, extraordinary levels of, of degrees and professional accomplishments in other fields then turn to, to cycling because they love it. And there's something really inspiring about people who are willing to, to make that sort of a sacrifice for something that they're passionate about and believe in. And there's a real affinity that we, we feel for people because they're passionate about something that we care about. That's all very obvious. But there's also a really important lesson, I think, there in terms of the fact that even when you make it, this is still at times a very high pressure, um, you know, confronting and difficult environment. It would have been very easy for Marine um, to have let that beat her to yeah. have, have looked at it and said, you know what, I came to professional cycling at the age of 30, I've had a good run, but, you know, I don't have that many great years ahead of me and and it's just so hard and why am I doing this if I'm never going to get the chance? Yeah, and, and I'm not good enough, you know, mm. because this is a DS, um, Danny Stam, who's been around the um, who's been around the sport for a long time, and yep. you know, it, 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 he's you know he's a former. Well, I don't know if he's been around the sport for a long time, but he's been around cycling for a long time. You know, mm. he's a DS. He's, he's telling you your shit. He's someone who's Who supposed you, to know. Yeah, and and that he wouldn't have you on the team, and that you're not good enough, and he's never going to consider you for consider you for a race. I mean, mm. which is I, quite possibly one of the most unprofessional things I can imagine a DS yeah. saying to a rider. Um, you know, I, I not questioning the veracity of the statement at all. I just find it shocking because I I can't think of another example in which it would be acceptable um, for for that sort of behaviour from someone who's responsible for managing and getting the best performance possible out of a rider. Well, it doesn't say. You know what's interesting, though, Dan, is that we don't hear a lot about things like this in women's cycling mm. because what we do hear about is people saying, "Oh, I can't talk about that mm. and stuff," because not being able to talk publicly because they say that if you get a reputation as being difficult in inverted commas, then people don't want you on the team, mm. and that basically means and and with women, there's this you know add to that there's this cultural you know cultural idea that women may be bitchy. 
which is not you know which is kind of oh yeah and and also but also a cultural thing that you know yeah. well you're I, a girl I reject that out of hand I'm as bitchy as any girl so you know <laughs> but you know what I mean like you don't want to be seen as a bitch and actually you know and actually you know that if you there are so few teams and you know so much so many teams in trouble and so many riders you know looking for a, a berth that if you rock the boat you can be you know, you're 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 done. Yeah. You know, and it like puts you, you can... it puts you in a really really tough place. And you know, at, at a point in time, I, I think that's the thing I found most shocking about it. Well, and, and you're right; it's not even that shocking when you really think about it, which is actually really really sad. But but the thing that did I found quite confronting is just that, as I say, you know, this is this is a person whose responsibility to the team is to theoretically nurture support and manage his athletes to get the best out of them and yet yeah. instead what we hear is that that uh that was not being done but instead actively undermining and discouraging a rider yeah. um you but know for, that... for, for for whatever reason it's just it's astounding to me that that yeah so but it, this isn't... it really adds to it for me that that you know she's gone on to such a good year yeah, and I mean, this isn't the only time that we've heard about this DS because Emma Pooley last year said one of the reasons that she no she didn't have a team this year, and one of the things that happened to her last year was that she heard that the DS was um, looking for um, the DS of our, our drink was when 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 it was announced that the Zylards were finishing in cycling, you know, in, in finishing in cycling, that the DS wanted to take this team forward and find funding for it, and he had a list of riders who he wanted to take forward, and Emma wasn't on that list. Mm. And, you know, what do you do? What do you do in that situation? You're like, okay. I mean, Emma is an amazing rider, but he just didn't want her. Mm, mm. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, there could be two sides to every story and we're oh, hearing one side of it. And Of blah, course blah, blah, there are. But, and maybe he had deep personal issues and stuff like that. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, day and he I don't, handled it badly or he... I don't you know, know and I don't care to speculate. All I'm, yeah. all I'm saying is that on the, the evidence available... That's, in my opinion, grossly unprofessional on his part. Yep. But the point to me is that um, ultimately, it's a great triumph over adversity story. Yeah, isn't it? Isn't mm. it? I mean, I was—I I, one of the writers I was hanging out with and spoke to and interviewed at the week at Flesh was Rachel Nalen, who had a similar sort of thing where last year was full of bullshit for her. Um, and she <laughs> she had real, you know, she had all sorts of difficulties with injuries and team problems. And then she went to the Tour de l'Ardèche and mm. rode in a mixed team, and she was third on the final stage and fourth overall in the GC. And that got her her ride at the, the World, team at World, World, Champ yeah. World Championships for Australia, and she ended up getting a silver medal. Mm. I was saying that that kind of triumph over adversity, Marine's triumph this year, you know, Marine was in, I think she was eighth at the Ronda Van Drenthe World Cup, mm. and she'd never ridden that race before, and she was in the, she was, um, she was in the top ten of the Energy Walk to ITT. You know, she was the first rider who wasn't Orica or Specialized, I yeah. think, you know? Yeah. Um, she's been in the top twenty, you know, she was, I think she was 14th at Binder, and maybe 17th at Flesh Wallon, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. She's having... The season of her life. She's just having a great season, and then even with her her stories of you know slight frustration at you know being caught up with an accident in front of her at Flanders, you know it, it's still really interesting seeing her confidence and her enthusiasm grow yeah. as she's 
you know, no longer is there that nagging question of doubters in the back of her mind saying, you're not good enough, you can't do this. And, and that, yeah, part yeah, of, yeah. that part of her brain that we all have, you know, that voice that tells you that they're right and that you aren't good yeah. enough, she's yeah. finally being able to, to shut that up because she's presented with, with incontrovertible evidence. Yes, yeah. I am. I am good enough. And I had the legs and I got held up by an accident. That's not my fault. And fuck, man, I know what I'm going to do next year and it's going to be good. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Really interesting yeah. to see. And it's a, it's another thing actually, um, that, that Ash touched on in your interview with her, um, about how it's been really cool for her as a teammate to see that, you know, that transformation yeah. happening in, in her teammate. Uh, yeah, it must be, uh, I can only imagine, that must be one of the most exciting things. When you, when you see people that you work with or are friends with um, do well and succeed, that's exciting anyway. But it must just yeah, be yeah. the best thing in the world, watching someone, you know, really discover their capability and, and start yeah. to, to push that and stretch that. Yeah, and so much of it is about confidence as well. Mm. You know, like, like I mean, Elisa Longo-Borghini, now she knows she can beat Voss. Mm. Evelyn Stevens last year at Flesh, she knows she can yep. beat, beat Voss. You know, it's just, um, or, or, or Ellen Van Dyke, you know, uh, when Ellen, Ellen got over the hills in Drenthe, and fuck, that was great. And then she got over the hills in Binder and was mm. like tweeting about how surprised she was. And then she turns up in the top 10 at Flesh. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think she was seventh or something ahead of some proper climbers and stuff. Like, who, who knew shit, she was man. a mountain goat? Uh, it's just well, amazing. She, now, and now she knows it. Mm. You know, and now she's not going to be scared of it, and it's something to develop, and so she knows you, that you it's all it, good. You heard it here first, folks. Sarah's predicting Ellen Van Dyke for the Giro Rosa. <laughs> I'm not going that far. <laughs> apparently, Sarah thinks she'll outclimb Mariana, so, you know, oh, awesome. but speaking for people for the Giro Rosa, mm. Evelyn Stevens back racing this week. Welcome back, hey. Evie. We missed you. Yeah, I mean, it, this week there's two races, and the race Evelyn Stevens is in is is Gracia Olova in the Czech Republic, not Chechnya. Um, <laughs> Who confuses those? Honestly. Um. Anyway, there's um. She's <laughs> going to be Evie Stevens is back in the Czech Republic at Gracia Olova. Um. Dear height, dear specialized, you seem to have managed not to have any more riders crash in the last few weeks. Brutally, thank you. That's good. Um, obviously, I'm sure the riders are most happy about that. But yes, thank you. Yeah, Let's please, just please stop. keep it up. <laughs> dear Gremlins, dear yeah. Gremlins, no more attacking specialized. No more attacking anyone, dear Gremlins. Just go and go and talk to Lance or something like that. Um, yes, yeah, so Gracia Olova is a Czech stage race. Um, I'm pretty much predicting that Specialized Lululemon, when they turn up, they're the only, they're the biggest team there by miles. And, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. If, well, well, yeah, but, you know, I, I actually, I actually loved, I loved Carl Lima's tweet about this today, which was, when too many teams try to take advantage of the strong start list in Luxembourg, it ends up there's a strong start list in Gracia too. <laughs> 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 which which sounds to me like, and I mean, you you can correct me because you know Carl, but um, it sounds to me a little bit like someone's um, a little frustrated that other teams seem to have caught on to his evil plot. 
<laughs> yeah, this weekend we've got Gracia Oliva. Oh, I think Emma Pooley might be riding it. Um, I'll put up some links to some previews. Um, Monty, if you ever go on Podium Cafe, Monty says he's going to be doing a Gracia Oliva preview. Monty's previews <laughs> are my favourite because they're always full of random videos, strange facts, and Monty writes a race preview very well. But there are also there are also good previews on VeloFocus and on Les Desais de, de la Route. Um, I love the fact that VeloFocus tends to be a bit more staty, a bit more mappy, a bit more, you know, here's the street view. And Les Desai is a bit more wordy, which is great. I think they complement each other perfectly. And there are, of course, race previews on the Orica AIS website from their point of view. Mm. So, mm. In, in which they reveal all their tactics for the race and then say, shh, don't tell the other teams. <laughs> and then there's Luxembourg. Oh, Oh my god. Uh Roger, my friend Roger is going to Luxembourg and I'm not at all jealous. Not even a little bit. I went to Luxembourg in 2011 with Steph Wyman's team which then was called Horizon Fitness. Um and he was and it was amazing. It's a lovely 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 race. It's three stages. It's named in honor honor of Elsie Jacobs who was the first ever road world champion, uh, women's road world champion and it's Basically, it starts off with a very short ITT mm-hmm. um, the Friday, and then it has a sat- race on Saturday and a race on Sunday, which basically, I think, I haven't looked at the route, but if anything like every other year, follows the same big, large loop. Oh, it's so beautiful. Castles, vineyards, hills, and then has some brutal little short loops. But it's a great race to go to because you basically hang around the village, um, you know, meandering between the feed zone and the finish line, as raiders come plummeting through in um, brutal chase attacks on hills, it's amazing. Awesome. Oh, and there's a, and there's in Britain there's the Cheshire Classic. Oh well, so. well, I have a question about Luxembourg though. Um, yep. Just just curious, are there many canals at that race? No, no canals at all. Right, there's right. a river. Uh-huh. They got river valleys, but they don't go near enough to fall in. Yeah, no, no. It just um, it explains a lot about you know. The, the Schlecks and their affinity for falling into... Well, in previous years, Schlecks have turned up at the Luxembourg race to support it, and they kind of, you know, hang around at the finish line and sign autographs and, cool. you know, look happy and stuff. I don't know if they're going to be there this year. Maybe not, but if they are, um, do us all a favour and just keep them on the other side of the street from the river. Thank you. Yes. I Luckily, luckily there's no river near the start and finish line, so we should be safe. But yes. You never know. If you see them near a puddle, just edge them away. Yes. So, wow. I mean, and it's the end of the spring season, Dan. Pretty much it really, is. Yeah. It's end of the spring season, and it's been amazing. I mean, spring finally came, which was quite lucky in the last week. Um, you know, so I think riders have never been as cold as they were in their life. Hypothermia, frozen eyeballs. Uh, never being able to get warm ever, 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 and general um, trauma. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's spring. It, well, yeah. technically, it's almost summer, which is pretty interesting. But I guess, uh, in in addition, then that means that we're incredibly close, you know, to Chongming Island, which we've already talked about, but also edging ever closer to the Giro Rosa. Oh, we are, mm. and apparently. Just before the men's Giro, they're like the men ride a Giro 2. It's this little race you might have heard of. Um, but apparently, to give some publicity to the men's race, they're going to be announcing their route next week. Oh, excellent. 
Excellent. So we'll find out um, exactly how many mountains there are in this mountainous, exactly. yeah. mountainous um, race. I also want to say thank you to Baseface, who comments on our blog, prowomenscycling.com, um, and gives us links to really great videos. He does. Really he finds the best, it. most you know, awesome videos. And I actually really appreciate it. Did you check if you pronounce it Baseface? Or is well, that your assumption? Because I've I've spent like the last I don't know like three months trying to work out if it's bass face or bass face. He has a music blog which yeah, you can go to. Exactly. The, so so bass makes bass, his, his bass makes a lot of sense. But bass is a beautiful fish, so you know you could just be into fishing. Bass face. What is bass that? face. Bass face. I'm sure by the time uh, we're talking again, this will have all been cleared up for us in the comments. Um, excellent yes but thank you and, and thank you to everyone who sends us stuff on twitter and in the comments on our blog and everywhere we really really appreciate it we really do appreciate mm. it so thank you thank you to everyone who sends us stuff and thank you in advance to everyone who sends us questions for Dan's love advice column exactly i guarantee without a shred of a lie that it will either be the best love advice or worst love advice you ever receive so. It'll be, but you know, I can pretty much guarantee it's pretty much the only one that's going to be couched in innuendo-filled racing terms. It's actually one of those uh, awesome things to um, to take a, a task like this on and discover that the world of cycling is rich with the possibilities when it comes to innuendo. Indeed. Mm. Mm. Keep the rubber side down, people. <laughs> Good rubber's essential, just like racing, racing well, and relationships. Well, on that note, people, thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back next week with news of how Gracia Olivar and Luxembourg panned out. And yeah, and all the usual nonsense. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Bye.